0: Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a good bank holiday weekend, uh, despite the weather. People dedicate themselves to some pretty bizarre things, won't they? I wonder if you ever um, watched the Olympics uh, and thought to yourself, uh, imagine training uh, all day, every day, uh, getting an early night so you get a really good night's sleep, so your muscles build, uh, like checking your, your food and your diet all the time just to be able to throw a shot put. I mean, can you imagine that? Uh, Or to be able to do a hop, skip, and a jump in the triple jump. Apologies if you're a very keen shot putter or triple jumper. Uh, But those things uh, seem positively uh, sensible, don't they, compared to some of the things that people will do for a Guinness World Record. Um, For example, uh, can you guess uh, how many pint glasses Someone has balanced on their chin what the world record is. Can anyone guess? Someone give me a number. Come on. 40. Any other guesses? 50? 15? 15. You guys are nowhere near. Uh, It's 81 pint glasses on a chin. I mean, that is actually pretty impressive, isn't it? That is good going. Or someone else trained to be able to type a sentence as fast as they possibly could, uh, the fastest typed sentence in the world. Uh, but not with their hands, with their nose. I mean, can you imagine training pecking your keyboard all day, every day? People do some pretty, well, train for some pretty bizarre things, won't they? But I wonder where you make the most effort in life. Uh, Maybe you've got some bizarre hobby that you're hiding, Uh, but maybe it's your career, uh, or your family, uh, or a sport that you love. Uh, Where do you put your best, what do you put your best efforts into? Where do you invest your limited energy? We're in a new series, uh, in the letter of 2 Peter. Uh, And in this first chapter, we find out that Peter uh, doesn't expect to be around much longer. Uh, He's coming to the end of his life. Uh, And so in some ways, uh, this letter is a bit like uh, an older man. Uh, Maybe your dad, sitting down with you at the end of his life uh, and saying, "Uh, my dear son, or daughter, uh, let let me tell you what is important. Keep these things in mind. Here's what I want you to never forget. Uh, And what he says in these verses today at the start of his letter is this. Make every effort uh, to keep growing in godliness. Put your efforts there. This is what is worth investing in. We'll see uh, later on in this letter that uh, there were false teachers at the time. Uh, And they were teaching that, uh, saying things like, Jesus isn't coming back. Uh, You don't need to worry about it. Uh, There's no need to live now in light of then. So just eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, Live for the now. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? We can so easily become focused on the here and now we can so easily slip into thinking that godliness doesn't have that much value. So let's pray before we go any further. Father God, we confess that we need you to lift our eyes again this morning to you and to the big picture of where we are headed. Please speak to us by your words. And give us hearts and minds that are humble and willing to listen. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I wonder uh, what comes to mind uh, when we talk about godliness. Uh, Godliness meaning uh, living in a way that honors God in every part of our lives. If you've been a Christian for a while, maybe it feels hard. Have you felt that? It's easy to get discouraged, isn't it? It can feel a bit like uh, walking up a scree slope. You know those slopes full of uh, small rocks in the hills where you take two steps up and then you seem to slide back down all the way to where you started. And we can wonder if it's worth the effort. Uh, So here's the the great encouragement that Peter starts us off with in this passage. Uh, He says, God has given us everything that we need for godliness. Uh, Do you see that in verse 3? His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Uh, Peter says, God has given us what we need to live godly lives. uh, And he longs for us to keep growing in godliness. Godliness is it's not some sort of optional extra for Christians. It's it's not just for the super keen. Uh, Everybody is to grow. Author Jerry Bridges, uh, who's written a book on this topic, um, puts it like this. Godliness is no optional spiritual luxury for a few quaint Christians of a bygone era or for some group of super saints today. It is both the privilege and duty of every Christian to pursue godliness, uh, to train himself to be godly, to study diligently the practice of godliness. And we don't need any special talent or equipment God has given to each one of us everything we need for life and godliness. The most ordinary Christian has all that he needs and the most talented Christian must use those same means in the practice of godliness. Now don't get this wrong. Uh, We are not striving uh, to earn our way into heaven. Uh, Don't misunderstand this. Uh, Jesus has done that work for us. We can rest secure in him. Uh, But once we are saved, uh, God is in the business of making us more like Jesus, uh, both for our good uh, and so that we can be a light to those around us. And Peter also says this to counter those false teachers uh, because seeking to grow in godliness means that we are recognizing that Jesus is coming back uh, and one day we're going to meet him face to face. So as Christians, we're to... Grow in godliness. Uh, But how do we do that? Take a look at uh, what Peter writes in verse 3. Verse 3, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises so that through them... You may become partakers of the divine nature. Now, there's a lot in there, isn't there? Um, just be glad because this whole passage is one sentence in the original Greek, so just be glad we've got a few full stops in there. But Peter says uh, there are two big things uh, that we can hold on to as we seek to grow in godliness. Uh, the first one is God's power, uh, and the second one is God's promises. He writes, his divine power has given us all we need for the godly life. Everyone who is a Christian and trusting Jesus now has the ability to say no to sin and ungodliness. And we're not slaves to sin anymore. The day we believe, we are equipped with God's spirit, which empowers us to live a life where we turn away from sin and draw nearer to God. It doesn't mean that we always will. Uh, But we now have the ability to do that. And how do we experience God's power? Verse 3, the power to live for God is through our knowledge of him, through knowing Jesus. Uh, The more we know Christ, the more we become like him. As we get to know Jesus better, uh, as we know more of him in God's word, God's power uh, works in us. And his power is enough to strengthen us in the face of anxieties and difficulties and temptations that we face uh, in a world that tempts us to live differently. So as we uh, seek to grow in godliness, we can be encouraged that we have God's power at work in us through our knowledge of Jesus. But we also have God's promises. That's the second thing Peter tells us. Uh, and they 're granted to us through Jesus, through what he 's done for us. Uh, Peter writes, verse four: He has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, uh, i.e, become more like God. The theme of uh, god 's promises runs right the way throughout the Bible, doesn 't it? Uh, through god 's amazing, undeserved generosity to us in Jesus, he has promised us his Holy Spirit uh, that he is with us and working in us uh, so we are not on our own when we feel daunted or inadequate as we seek to live for Jesus. He has also promised us that one day we will be free from sin and we will be made perfect. Uh, So that means, friends, that we don't need to pretend to be perfect now. We can be honest with one another and help one another to keep growing in godliness uh, wherever we are at as a Christian. God has promised us as well that Jesus is coming back uh, and so we can live in light of that now. And he has promised us that we can look forward to eternal life with Jesus uh, with none of the corruption in our own hearts and none of the corruption of the world around us. That is a great hope to have. Uh, and so we hold on to God's promises, uh, and they can grip us and thrill us and motivate us to live godly lives now uh, in His power. But here's the big thing uh, that Peter says next: uh, He says, Godliness takes effort. Godliness takes effort, guys. Do you see that in verse 5? Uh, For this very reason, uh, i.e. because God has given us all these things, make every effort to supplement your faith. Uh, Make every effort to add to your faith. Uh, Peter doesn't mean uh, add some new teaching or doctrine to your faith. Uh, He means add godly characteristics to your life. You might remember uh, back at our anniversary Sunday, we had guest speaker Ray Evans come and join us. Uh, and he said that sometimes we can think that becoming a Christian uh, is a bit like uh, getting on a cruise ship. Uh, we get on, uh, find a nice deck chair in the sunshine, put our feet up, sip a gin and tea, and cruise our way to heaven. Uh, but Peter paints a very different picture here, doesn't he? Uh, we have to make every effort to add to our faith. Uh, godliness is not some sort of automatic thing. We have a responsibility to grow. Uh, The Spirit has given us all that we need, but it is up to us to develop uh, and use what God has provided. Uh, And here, Peter shows us what godliness looks like, doesn't he? Uh, So verse 5, he writes, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. I'm not convinced there's some sort of uh, logical order to these. Uh, There's various commentators who've uh, been very creative in coming up with uh, why these are in a certain order. Uh, But I I don't think that's the case. I think Peter is painting us a picture uh, of what it looks like to live a godly life. He's giving us a rounded description of Christian character. And he's saying if, if we are missing any of these ingredients in godliness, and then we're missing a vital piece. So what does godliness look like in our lives? Uh, verse 5, the starting point is faith. Uh, as we put our faith in Jesus, we are saved and made right with God through him. Uh, and everything else is a response to that. Uh, We need virtue, uh, or it can be translated goodness. Jesus uh, lived a perfect life, uh, and we find goodness and excellence as we imitate him. We're to add knowledge. Peter doesn't mean a a saving knowledge of Jesus. Uh, He uses a different word for that earlier on. He means knowing Jesus better and what pleases him. As we get to know Him better, we we grow in wisdom and discernment to know what pleases God and how to live. We're to add self-control, having control over ourselves and our impulses, having the self-control to be able to listen to our conscience and the guidings of the Spirit, and therefore being able to say no to what is ungodly and instead be disciplined to do what is right. We also need steadfastness, uh, or you could say perseverance, Uh, the ability to keep going even when times are tough uh, because of the promises that God has given us about what lies ahead. The global uh, GAFCON conference in Rwanda was mentioned last Sunday, you might remember. Uh, and One of the things that folks from the UK mentioned about the conference uh, was that mixing with Christians from right across the world. Brought home how much they have to teach us about steadfastness. One minister wrote this I, like many, found the testimony of a Sudanese pastor deeply moving and emotional. His words brought home to me the reality of the plight of our brethren facing deadly persecution in their countries. And yet they remain steadfast, continuing to proclaim Christ. Steadfastness means keeping going to the very end and finishing the race well. Peter says we're to add godliness. Uh, Peter's already used the word in verse 3 as a kind of catch-all for all these things. Uh, And it means imitating Christ and making every effort to do God's will in every area of life. Uh, Many of these things that Peter's mentioning uh, are about our attitude to challenges uh, and temptations uh, but we're also to grow in our attitude to people uh, so he says we're to add brotherly affection the new testament is the the only place uh, where this greek word uh, doesn't direct well is you, right? it's the only place where this greek word is used right? it doesn't directly relate to the home uh, this word is about relationships in a family and that's what it's used for in greek Uh, When we call one another brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, it's not just to be a turn of phrase, but a reality that we live out amongst us. Uh, We're to have affection for one another. And the final ingredient is love, uh, agape, sacrificial love. We're to cultivate sacrificial love uh, as opposed to a habit of self-centeredness and exploitation. Uh, We're to develop a habit of putting others first uh, and seeking their good. Uh, A love that can withstand pain for the good of others. In short, uh, the kind of love that brought Christ to the cross. Peter says these things are the ingredients for godliness. Godliness. Uh, Like a cake missing an ingredient, without one of these ingredients, our godliness can fall flat. Why does Peter uh, want us to make every effort to develop these qualities? Do you see it in verse 8? He writes, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter says, our faith must be a a growing faith if we're going to be useful to God. I wonder if you've ever been paintballing. Uh, You have teams with uh, guns with paint pellets, uh, and you've got to try and shoot one another, and um, you're running around woods and things, uh, and when the pellets hit, they leave this uh, big pink splodge on you, uh, and they really, really sting. Uh, as I found out on my stag tea when I was uh, dressed up as a lobster, and I was like some sort of giant pink target running around the woods. But at the end of a game of paintball, uh, you can always tell who has just hid themselves away in a bunker and been totally useless, because everybody is covered in pink paint, apart from one guy who is just (laughs) completely pristine. It's a bit like people who uh, come off a rugby pitch uh, with no mud on them they haven't really got involved. Uh, And Peter is saying to us here in this passage, uh, get on the pitch, get involved. Uh, Don't be ineffective and unfruitful as you follow Jesus. Uh, Make every effort to grow in godliness so that one day uh, you can stand before Jesus and hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. And here... Peter issues us a warning if we're tempted to, to stay on the sidelines. He says, Take care. Don't be short sighted and blind. Keep growing to be a more effective and fruitful follower of Jesus. Now, do you see that verse 9? Whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. If we're not striving to to grow, then we've forgotten that we were born again, we were cleansed from the sins of our previous life, and we have forgotten what Christ did for us, we've we've forgotten it because we don't want to seek to please him, we are blind, Uh, and we've also forgotten where we're headed, we're short-sighted. As Christians, uh, we're all in different places on the walk of godliness, aren't we? Uh, and it's a bit like kind of being in different places on a conveyor belt in some ways. Uh, but what's important is that we are moving forwards and that we keep moving forwards. Uh, we're to keep growing. Uh, the, the growth might feel slow, uh, but if we are making effort, uh, we will grow. Some of us uh, maybe just getting started. Uh, maybe we, we don't feel like we're really doing a very good job. and uh, Maybe we look at other Christians around us and, and we feel like, We're not really godly like them. Uh, But we need to not get discouraged. Uh, And we need to just keep making the effort to grow. Uh, And we will grow if we do that. Uh, That's what's important. Uh, What might it look like to to grow in godliness? Uh, Maybe it's getting along to church or a a small group, even when we feel tired or busy, so that we can grow in knowledge of the Lord. Uh, And when we're there... uh, Challenging one another to think, how does God want us to grow in godliness in this particular situation or challenge? Or maybe it's uh, asking someone to keep you ac- uh, to account for an area of sin that you struggle with. Uh, or it's going out of your way to serve someone in the church family, uh, even when it's costly. Uh, those are just a few examples. Uh, But as well as those just getting started on the walk of godliness, uh, there'll also be those of us here today who are able to put on a pretty good show uh, because we've been Christians for a while. But are we still growing? Are we making every effort to keep growing? In the Christian life, if we're not going forwards, we're going backwards. And Peter says to us, take care, don't be short-sighted. And then there'll be those of us who are trying to move forward, but it feels hard. Uh, Maybe we've fallen and failed recently. Uh, That same old sin keeps rearing its ugly head. And if that's us, then we need to remember who is writing this letter, don't we? It's Peter, isn't it? Do you remember Peter? He's not a super saint who never did anything wrong, is he? This is Peter to whom Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. A Peter who dozed off when Jesus asked him to just watch and pray. This is Peter who denied Jesus three times. This is a guy who tripped up many times along the way. And we will trip up too, won't we? And maybe you feel that today. Satan would have a stink that there's no way back to a vibrant relationship with God after we failed again. But Peter would say to us, no, don't believe it. Look at how Jesus welcomed me back. Uh, he even asked me to feed his flock, to look after God's people. So make every effort to grow in godliness through knowing Jesus. Uh, we do that through his divine power at work within us. Uh, we do that through holding on to God's precious promises through making every effort knowing that one day we will be welcomed home by Jesus himself. Well, rather than me praying uh, we're going to sing a prayer uh, that god would change our hearts uh, and help us to live for him so let's get on our feet and sing